access company. If you're a marketer, go to iHeartResults.com. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Hour number two of the Blitz here at Chuck Knoll Field on the campus of St. Vincent College where practice number three of the 2023 training camp is underway and rolling for your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, just getting started here, first five minutes or so of practice, some warm-ups with their position groups, then they'll warm up and stretch together, and then uh, we're thinking potentially heading back over here to the grass fields to get some competition going here on the third day where the sun is shining once again here in western Pennsylvania. Wesley Euler on site here. Arthur Motes back in his friendly confines before he's back on campus tomorrow. You know, Motsi, you're Arthur Remotes today. You get it? Hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. Uh-huh. You see I see, I you see you lean into your dadness. Lean into it. Just lean into that's, it. That's yeah. what it's all about. That's uh, the corny mm-hmm. dad jokes. I mean, I've been making them for years, but now I can really get away with it that I have two Just daughters. Yes. I'm, I'm, le- I'm leaning into it, baby. I'm leaning into my whole life. I've been preparing for this moment. Let's go. Uh, Motsi, in the first hour of the show, of course, we carried the Steelers 2023 Hall of Honor class announcement right here on SNR um, with uh, Art Rooney II, Bob Pompiani, Bob Labriola, that uh, whole visual element of that and that entire thing. Uh, and it's in, that entire thing in its entirety. Oh, no, Motsi. I just did the Department of Redundancy department thing there. Man, the you enti- are on it. Let's go. <laughs> the, entire, <laughs> the entire announcement in its entirety is uh, available. Steelers.com, Steelers YouTube, Steelers social media accounts if you want to see um, the uh, the video element that goes with it. As Motsi, our guy Craig Wolfley is on the microphone down on the field now. Getting everybody what? fired they got up. Whoop I, with the mic. I swear, oh, I wonder if I can open up the uh, if I can open up the window here in the press oh, box man. so I can hear what he's saying. I think he's just explaining to the fans though that hey, they're just warming up over there. Don't worry, they're going to come back gotcha. down to the field here in just a few minutes for practice. Uh, but great stuff there with uh, with with Craig Wolfley taking the microphone and getting the fans going and giving them something to cheer about here right in front of us. Uh, like I said, we'll keep you posted on if anything happens here with Aaron Smith. We did in the first hour of the show uh, discuss uh, one of the pairs of teammates that that was inducted into this Hall of Honor class. Of course, the two offensive linemen from the 60s and 70s, Jerry Mullins and Ray Mansfield, six Super Bowls between those two gentlemen and Arthur Motes. Now we need to talk about two gentlemen who were very instrumental in bringing the fifth and sixth Super Bowls to Pittsburgh and to the Steelers. And, of course, we're going to start with your former teammate, James Debo Harrison. Motsi, you know, you you hear the term like a a, a cult hero a lot of times in sports, right? You know, athletes who just – for their personality, for what they do on the field, for for just everything that they can become to embody for that fan base. They become larger than life a lot of times in ways. And I think Debo, I mean, just listen to the nickname alone, was certainly one of those guys, uh, one of the most feared Pittsburgh Steelers in history, which is saying a lot when you consider some of the guys that played defense here in the 70s. One of the most successful Steelers in uh in history uh with obviously the rings to prove it and the individual hardware defensive player of the year four-time all pro five-time pro bowl as well and of course mozi uh one of the most 
uh, if not the most, memorable plays in Super Bowl history. The touchdown run at the end of the first half in Super Bowl 43 uh, of the Steelers against the Cardinals. Motsi, your buddy, your former teammate, number 92, one of the most memorable Steelers to ever wear the black and gold, James Debo Harrison, is now officially a member of the Steelers Hall of Honor. Man, I'm so happy for Debo, man. When you talk about you know, being cut multiple times, Jeez. having to bounce around, then come back here where it all started out and be able to not just make a name for yourself, not just be a part of team success, but be arguably one of the most feared defenders. That is crazy. When you're talking about the NFL, Debo isn't 6'9", 350 pounds. <laughs> Out no. of Georgia or LSU you know what I'm saying? or Ohio State. Like, <laughs> Debo 5'11 and three quarters, you know, 285, 1% <laughs> body fat, you know, and, and, and yeah. But that's Debo. You talk about the physicality. That's what gets talked about the most. But as a person who studied his game before I ever met him, he was so skilled. And that was the thing that I always loved. I was like, only Debo can fool the whole NFL to have them only thinking that he is just a power guy, a strength guy. I said, this dude is so skilled, it doesn't make any sense, man. And you saw the patented rip rush, the patented move, because of the skill development. You talk about the interception that took place. That had nothing to do with his strength. That had everything to do with him understanding the play, the call on defense, and understanding his opponent through film study. Debo was just as smart as the coach out there, man. You talk about being around a guy that loved the game, but that understood it multiple positions inside, outside, special teams. That's Debo. And for me, man, like I said, being a guy that had a chance to just be a fan of him when I was in Buffalo and remembering going to my media department every single Monday, my rookie year, and telling them I won every single James Harrison play versus the run and versus the pass from this previous game that he would have. And my uh, media guy would be looking at me like, man, you really want this every week? I'm like, yes, anything that he's on tape doing, I need it. Like, I want to learn it. I want to study it. I want to master it. And for me to, you know, obviously be able to come over here in 2014, and I joke about the first interaction I had with him, but then for you know him to come out of retirement and ultimately be my teammate for those four years of being here and you know, the success that we were able to have together, both as teammates, um, as a team, but also as individuals. I mean, for me, it was one of them things where when you talk about writing up your story, your life, you know, you're like, yeah, man, this would be the perfect of how my NFL career would transpire to have Joy Porter Jr. Or excuse me, have Joy Porter, one of the guys that I loved watching it as a, a kid, as my coach, and then have James Harrison, a dude that I studied every you know, little thing about his game Pretty as cool. my teammate, my running mate for four years. I mean, it was just amazing. So for me to see Debo get this induction into the Steelers Hall of Honor, man, I am just super excited for, and just super happy for him, man. Well said. I love hearing that from you. And it's just, you know, you – I think where you started there is, man, it, it really comes full circle in terms of – you're right. He didn't have the prototypical body or size. He didn't have the prototypical path, uh, did did James Harrison Motsi. I mean, he walked on at Kent State, right? Uh, he, he went undrafted. 
Um, and, and despite all of that, despite having to walk on to college football, despite going undrafted, despite playing a year in Germany in NFL Europe right after he was cut by the Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, uh, two Super Bowl rings, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, four-time All-Pro. He is the only NFL Defensive Player of the Year in the history of the award that was undrafted. So it goes from undrafted to winning that award. Uh, and just the numbers are insane, Motsi. 811 tackles, 84 and a half sacks, 34, as in 34 forced fumbles, nine fumble recoveries, eight interceptions, and of course one defensive touchdown in his career, arguably the most memorable defensive touchdown in the history of the National Football League. Uh, just an incredible career, an incredible story, uh, an incredible, I think, lesson for so many football players out there, right? The whole we don't care how Not you just got even football thing. players, man. Just think life. It, like, how many people have general, had adversity, yeah. right? How many people have gotten fired from a job, been told they weren't good enough, you know, mm-hmm. been publicly humiliated and all these other things? But you look at how he responded. He didn't seek comfort. He didn't go, you know, and do the whole woe is me, everybody hates me, it's me against the world. No, he said, man, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to work like no one has ever worked before. I'm going to be the hardest worker. One of the things he always tells me, he's like, man, nobody's going to outwork me. He was like, I don't care who it is. And that was part of the thing that got us so close because, you know, of him just getting up super early to work out. He's like, I do that for a reason. He was like, man, where everybody was sleeping, I'm working. He was like, nobody is ever going to outwork me. If you get up at four, I'm getting up at three. If you're up at three, I'm up at two. I might not go to sleep. Like, that's just who he is, man. Yep. And that's one of the things that if you're ever, if you were ever fortunate enough to be around him in that capacity, man, it was truly a special thing to see him in there in that setting because that's, you know, Debo. Like, the success was the byproduct of it, but he was a worker before he was ever you know, all of this yeah. other stuff that yeah. has come from that. And that's the beautiful part about him, man. And Motsi, you know, you and I, we've used this phrase many times. And a lot of times it's kind of tongue-in-cheek when we say it. Like, we say it joking around. But it's very true. You ain't have to get ready if you stay ready, right? No, it's the and, truth, absolutely. And I think, you know, again, when you look deeper into, into Debo and his path and everything, everyone kind of knows that, oh, he was cut. And everyone knows that, you know, he finally was, was able to get his chance. And after bouncing around and being cut four times, is able to stick on. But, you know, you kind of mentioned in terms of him, like, no one's ever going to outwork me. I'm going to stay ready. And quite often, again, like you said, this is something that people can relate to in any aspect of life. You just got to be in the right place at the right time. And you get that opportunity, you know. Um, he makes the team in 2004 after Clark Hagens gets injured. Um, you know, and he, he, I remember him saying at the time that like, he was thinking about retiring from football at that point. He was 26 years old. He had been cut four times. He was thinking about becoming a veterinarian, right? Uh, Clark Hagens gets hurt. He ends up making the roster, plays mostly special teams and, you know, a little bit of defense in there as well too. And then guess what? Not only did Clark Hagens get hurt, which led to him making the roster later on, in a game against the Cleveland Browns that a lot of people famously remember. Joey Porter was ejected, right, in the pregame warm-ups for fighting. Debo. Well, Debo <laughs> steps in and has himself a good game in a big Steelers victory, um, and kind of it all started to roll for him from there. But he Hey, but shout to... out to PZ, though, man. PZ undefeated. Just know that. <laughs> PZ ain't take no else. PZ won't so, take it no else. I mean, James Harrison had to get cut four times, and then he had to have Clark Hagens get hurt in training camp to make the final roster, and then he had to have Joey Porter get in a fight with the Cleveland Browns pregame and get ejected for him to work his way onto the field. All those opportunities – 
obviously to say he took advantage of would be underselling it. Again, you know, two Super Bowl rings, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, the only undrafted guy to ever win that award, four All-Pros, five Pro Bowls, and again, Motsi, in an organization that is as iconic as any in American sports landscape, right? I mean, the Steelers are in that same breath as the Yankees and the Celtics and the Lakers and the Dallas Cowboys, right? Those truly upper echelon uh, landmark franchises in the National Football League for, for the amount of characters and talent and faces and, and studs, quite frankly, right, that have, have come through the Steelers organization over the decades to be able to legitimately say James Harrison might be the most feared and might be the scariest to ever put on the black and gold. That alone, I think, um, is about as great of a compliment as he can get along with all the other accolades and everything that he's earned. No question, especially when you talk about how many Hall of Famers have yeah. put on these jerseys here, man, how many fear. Mean we Joe got Green. Mean Joe Green. You see what I'm saying? He's like, got Mean as his nickname. We got Greg Lloyd. Like, we got <laughs> Jack some, Lambert and his toothless smile on the like, cover of Sports some, Illustrated. Some, we got some real Joey Porter. We got some guys, <laughs> man. You feel me? Troy Polamalu. Like, when you talk about Feared on the field, yeah. Feared. Hey, Kevin it's Green some as well, absolute too. Absolute guys. <laughs> but some he's dolls. the guy. Yeah. He but of all them dudes, man, Debo's oh, the one. Debo's definitely the one, man. He is absolutely the one, and, you know, just a, a, an iconic era, an iconic character, an iconic member of the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise, now uh, solidified forever, enshrined in the Steelers 2023 Hall of Honor class. we got to talk about one more, the final of the four in this Hall of Honor class, which is funny, actually, because he was the first one announced at the press conference. So we're working, <laughs> working in backwards order here or something like that. Practice is underway here, day number three at St. Vincent College. we got uh, some movement back to the grass fields, which means we're probably closer to really getting going here. Uh, some specialists getting some work in, Boz and Presley Harvin in front of me right now. We'll keep you updated on everything going on at practice. We'll talk more about Aaron Smith. It's all happening here on the campus of St. Vincent College in Latrobe for day number three of training camp 2023. It's all part of our ongoing coverage on Steelers Nation Radio. <laughs> This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Big day here on campus. It's the third day of training camp practice. It is the first Saturday back together Saturday across the NFL and across training camps, which always brings out a big crowd. It's beautiful here at St. Vincent College and Latrobe, as it quite often is. And we've got the announcement just a little over an hour ago of the Steelers' newest Hall of Honor class, the 2023 class being enshrined today here on campus as well. It's all happening, folks. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, the Steelers Blitz here on SNR. We're with you until 3 o'clock until we hand things off to Dale Lawley and Matt Williams, and those two will drive you out of day three from 3 until 6. They've got the end of practice. They've got some audio. They've got all that cool stuff going on here as it is a uh, full training camp coverage wall-to-wall -wall on SNR 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day we've got late shows in the evenings as well too you want some football we got some football nobody 
covers your Pittsburgh Steelers and training camp like we do here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Motsi practice is ongoing. The specialists are back over here on the grass. Still some – looks like some light walkthrough stuff going on. Uh, uh, your boy Danny Smith – uh, going through some positioning stuff on the other side of the field as things are getting ramped up here. And yeah, I mentioned this earlier. I wanted to make sure I was correct in this, right? Like, it's done intentionally that, you know, the first practice of training camp, which was on Thursday, of course, two days ago, about 90 minutes long, right? And then they do slowly get a little bit longer from there, right, as part of all this ramp-up period. So safe to safe to assume today's practice will be the longest of the three, maybe closer to two hours, something like that. I mean, technically, that's above my pay grade. All I know was we was out there until he blew You weren't whistle. paying attention to the times. Absolutely you were just not. going through it. Because when you're on that field and you're doing that, you don't tell the difference <laughs> between 30 minutes less, an hour less. Like, 10 minutes more. It's either we're either in pads or we are not in pads. That's about the only thing that we can tell the difference to. Because during this time of year, what is the difference of 30 minutes when that 30 minutes is split into a walkthrough potentially, but you're still working? You know what I mean? So it's not like, oh, you're off the grass 30 minutes early. It's like, no, nah, we're right. still doing something. We're right. still working in some capacity. We might just, instead of it being, I get 20 plays in this team period, I might only get 15 plays in this team period. But the first week, you can't tell the difference between 15 plays and 20 plays. You're just out there like, man, it's hot. My feet hurt. And, you know, you just kind of deal with it that way. So, yeah, yeah, that could be the case in terms of the time that you're out there from our perspective. But as a player, I definitely could tell you 100 percent that that was the case because, yeah, all we know is we practicing and Coach well, T is yelling. <laughs> that was a trick question. You were supposed to tell me it doesn't matter if it's 90 minutes or yeah. if it's four hours. We're just out it here. Like, it feels the same, man. Yeah, We got those blinders on. It's just time to go to work. It's just time to go to work. I love it. It is uh, a work day here on campus as, uh, as things are picking up, and we'll continue here as we roll along. All yeah, right, Arthur Because think about – and I was going to say, just to piggyback on it, you remember when we talked about it in the past where we're like, you can't allow the surrounding circumstances to dictate how you prepare? Sure. sure. Weather, crowds, pads, non-pads, off-day coming up. Like. Yeah. If you allow that type of stuff to move your needle one way or the other, it's going to be extremely difficult for you to sustain, you know, a level of consistency and a level of professionalism with your work because it's just a lot to deal with. You know what I mean? And there's so many distractions out there. So, yeah, you can't even, like, entertain the thought of, oh, this should be a shorter practice because we're on this day or this is going to be a long practice because we're on that day. It's like, nah, man, just be ready to work. Just be ready to work. When that whistle blows, you're working until he blows it again. And that's, you know, how you leave it. Yep, sure. Absolutely. One one drill, one play at a time. That's the only Seriously, way you can take man. It in these settings. It's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason because it's the truth. Um, as we do have a, a decent amount of fans have gathered on the far side field here, uh, but most stay and put here on the near side. Uh, as day three is well and underway. Uh, I mentioned the Hall of Honor class. Another recap real quick for those of you who might be jumping in late, who might have missed it. Uh, there were two Steelers from the 60s and 70s era, uh, Ray Mansfield and Jerry Moon Mullins, six Super Bowl rings between those gentlemen. 
represented there in the 70s. Two offensive linemen that were part of this Hall of Honor class. Of course, James Harrison, D. Bo, who we just discussed in the previous segment. Two rings, NFL Defensive Player of the Year, four-time All-Pro. You know the drill. Finally, a man who deserves his share of this conversation, his attention, his roses as well, too. Aaron Smith, a defensive end for the Pittsburgh Steelers from 1999 until 2011. Arthur Motes, he was one of those one-men team. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He wore the black and gold, and that was it. Nobody else in his 12-year NFL career. Fourth-round pick out of Northern Colorado University. He is from Colorado Springs, Colorado, born and raised. Uh, like I mentioned, two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl 40. Of course, that victory in Detroit over the Seattle Seahawks, the one for the thumb game that finally got the Steelers uh, as the first franchise to uh, – or pardon me, sorry, they were not the first franchise to five. They were the first franchise to six. Ha-ha, <laughs> save that one here for just a second. But, of course, Jerome Bettis' farewell, emotional in Detroit, and that one for the thumb for the Steelers. And then Super Bowl 43, where the Steelers got number six, became, there we go, the first NFL organization to get to six Super Bowls. He was also a pro bowler in 2004 and was part of Sports Illustrated's uh, 2000s all-decade team. 453 tackles. 44 sacks, one interception, all those accolades, Motsi, all that success. But I tell you what, maybe the uh, the coolest thing is when a legend like Dick LeBeau says you're the finest 3-4 defensive end he ever coached. I mean, that's Aaron, you know, extremely fundamentally sound. A dog. Dog. And crazy athletic, too, man. When you talk about, you know, him – Hooper in terms of, you know, his basketball background and stuff like that. But as a whole, man, when you talk about a guy being able to transition to the football field and be able to make the type of plays that he was making. And when you watch him, I mean, he's another guy that his stature is. Yes, 6'5", 290 is big <laughs> in the NFL, but it is not like what it seems, you know, right. when you're talking about NFL guys. It's not Brett Kiesel size. Yeah, you know? that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, like it's, it's good size, but it's not anything that's like, oh, my gosh. But once again, when you talk about how is he able to sustain and not just sustain but thrive mm-hmm. in the trenches, it was because of the athleticism. It was because of the skill it was because of the desire. I mean, and we know this is a guy who battled injuries throughout his career as well, man. But when he was healthy, when he was available to be out there, that was the dude that you wanted out there with you. He was going to give you every single bit that he had. And it's funny, man. Um, I've had, a, you know, obviously multiple times that I've interacted with him since he's been retired. Sure. Uh, just, you know, as a steroid alum, doing media stuff with him. And I always ask him, like, man, you never have your rings on. You never have your Super Bowl rings. And he's like, you know, for me, man, it was never about the hardware. He was like, the goal was to be a champion. He was like, once I won it, I never needed to wear the ring because I already know what I am now. It's confirmed. <laughs> I don't need that ring. He was like, the ring is, you know, it's cool. But he was like, I don't need that. And he always got me because I'm like, man, I'm saying to myself, I won the championship, man. I'm wearing this thing everywhere. <laughs> but it, it makes sense because I never got one, right? But for him, he's like, <laughs> I got mine now, so I don't have to feel like that. And I was like, man. I love that mindset. Though. I love that mentality from him. But he was just one of those guys that, you know, played the game the right way. Yeah. Understood being what it, understood what it meant to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. When you talk about that foundation, when you talk about continuing the legacy, when you talk about advancing what it means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, Aaron Smith was one of those guys. 
And it was just, like I said, man, it's just so, super cool, man, to see him get this honor. And for me to be able to say that, you know, I was part of the same, you know, just organization as a guy like him, man, it, it is really, really cool, man, really cool. No, as, as, as you mentioned, um, he's he's one of the guys that have helped uphold that reputation of the Steelers way, right? Not only doing things the right way on the football field, but everything he gives back to the community as well, too. Uh, a guy who does a ton for charities, uh, a guy who was coaching uh, high school football and basketball in, uh, in, in, Pittsburgh, in the Pittsburgh area for, for a few Absolutely. years as well, too. Yeah. Um, Family man, professional, hardworking, all those all those different boxes that you want to see checked. Um, certainly one of those guys who, you know, left the locker room, left the organization, left the city in a better place than, than he left it. And I think um, that's, uh, again, one of those one of those upper echelon comments and and compliments that are only reserved for a select few. Uh, Aaron Smith part of this 2023 Hall of Honor class as well, too, Motsi. And you know what I didn't realize until now? He was a uh, two-time national champion yep, as well, absolutely. too. Division two mm-hmm. in Northern Colorado. Um, yep. Won the national title his last two years there. Went back-to-back back with mm-hmm. the Northern Colorado Bears in 96 and 97. Ends up winning two Super Bowls as well, too. And I tell you what, heck of a career there for Aaron Smith. So, that's it, folks. That's your four for this Hall of Honor class. Second straight year the Steelers have inducted four new members into the Hall of Honor. I wonder if uh, if that will become kind of the benchmark number going forward. We'll see how that works. Uh, but Aaron Smith and James Harrison as your newer era Pittsburgh Steelers. And Jerry Mullins, Ray Mansfield, two guys part of just those iconic teams in the 70s that certainly deserve their honor, certainly deserve their roses as well, too, and are getting it as part of this 2023 class. So, Motsi, quick math, six plus four, ten Super Bowl rings amongst these four members there of the Pittsburgh go. Steelers there Hall we of go. Honor. That's pretty, pretty, pretty good, if I do say so uh, Say so myself. So, big uh, big shout-out to everybody that had a, a, a part in that, putting that together, as always. Uh, Motsi, as well, too, um, you know, Mr. Rooney, I thought it was very nice. Uh, our buddy Stan Saverin was one of the people who was, uh, mm-hmm. who was a part of this Steelers Hall of Honor class. Stan obviously passing away uh, just a couple months ago, so they made sure to, uh, to thank Stan for all of his contributions. He knew about this Hall of Honor class and who was going to be in it uh, before he passed away, so I'm glad to hear that because, uh, you know, Motsi, I think um, – Every, the one thing everybody knows about Stan Saverin is that he never stopped working. Uh, he was involved with everything. The Pirates, the Ain't Pens. That's the, the truth. The Pirates, the Pens, the Steelers, TV, radio. And, yes, he was even one of the members of the Steelers Hall of Honor class. So all the best uh, to Stan for everything that he did, Motsi, in kind of the you know handful of inaugural seasons of this uh, this Steelers Hall of Honor now. Um, and uh, and a big shout out to our guy Stan, who I think, hey, Motsi, give it give it a little time, but I think he's got a a chance to find himself in the Hall of Honor one day as well. No, I definitely would agree with that, man. Absolutely, because we do know they uh, they do all the different representations, not only players, coaches, and contributors, but you know. I mean, we saw Myron, uh, Myron Cope. Yeah, Myron think about Cope Myron uh, a year ago, man. Just, just yeah, last absolutely. year. So so absolutely. yeah, again, these these classes are done months in advance. There's a whole process. There's a committee that meets that includes people like Stan Saverin and Bob Labriola and Mr. Rooney. Um, and uh, glad that Stan was able to see out this last class, and and obviously uh, thanks to him for for all of the work that he did to help put this together. Motsi, practice well and underway here. It looks like we are at the towards the tail end of warm-ups as the two uh, offenses and defenses 
have come together. Maybe some final stretches, some final walkthroughs here before things really get ramped up on day number three. We got Craig Wolfley and Max Starks roaming the sidelines across from me, Motsi. You know, those two uh, just holding court. I tell you what, between those two gentlemen, um, as it is packed here, folks. The hill to the right of me, almost completely full. The bleachers packed. The hill to the left, almost completely full as well, too. I'm going to guess, I'll say close to 3,000 people here today. Would be you my love guess. to see it. You yeah, love to see it. Yeah, you do love to see it, especially like we were saying. The weather this morning uh, when today started seemed like it, it was going to be potentially a nasty one here. Uh, but things clearing up. Steeler Nation showing up as they always do. Black and gold clad, ready to go here for another great day of practice. They are moving the uh, the sideline VIPs over from the side turf field, Motsi, here to the grass field. So I do think... Uh, that means that these guys will be uh, will be heading over here before too much longer. We still got some specialists getting some work in front of me. Presley Harvin with a nice ooh, mozi about a sixty yard punt there from Presley Harvin. Beat press as he's, as he's as he's going through some of the motions. Him and Chris Boswell out here with some of the specialists just working on their timing, working on all those those acute details. Arthur Motes, you know that you better be polishing here in July and August. The minutia before, you need. Before the we get rolling in September, yes, absolutely. The minutia that uh, that you love seeing out here at camp. Um, let's see, any anything else I can bring to the uh, bring to the attention here? Before man, we, what's up with the defense, we, man? What what the good guys? Well, doing? Again, they're just they're just they're the good guys doing? Everyone's kind of straight. You know how it is. The well, offensive well, well, defense who, come together. So you, for a so final you said stretch. the defense. So you said the defense stretches better than the offense. Is that what you well, said? Well, I mean, obviously they're oh, okay. A, as long as they're stretching better level. than the offense. Thank you. I appreciate that. They're at an all-pro level. As long as it's, a, it's a distinction because everything is a competitive thing out there, okay? Everything is competitive. Everything has to be competitive out come there. Come on, man. Certainly. Yes, it does. So we're going to take our final break here in just a moment. When we come back on the other side, we've gotten a couple tweets uh, throughout the show today, Hall of Honor questions, practice questions. We'll get to those when we return, as always, to close out the show. You guys know where to get at us. If you want to get involved in Twitter, we will take your questions, your comments, your concerns, your reactions, any of is that stuff. Is it still stuff. Twitter? Are you sure it's still Twitter? Or X going to give it to you? What it just hey. ro- Twitter just rolls off the tongue smoother, doesn't it? it nope, it, it nope, nope. That's yeah, like I mean, the yeah, Hans always. That that's like saying Hans X. just rolls off the tongue. Hans just rolls off something. Nope, no, nope. It's actually short. Me now. On X. So, that so, sounds like so another one could, of those dating apps that all the youth listen, cycle through nowadays. If, if we have transitioned to calling Akashore Akashore, we are going to have to transition to calling X X. It's still Hines. I mean, it's still Twitters to me. All right, Arthur Motes. <laughs> nope. No, it is nope. Akershire Stadium. Nope. It is. We're going to be on X. We're going to be on X at Akershire. Yep. So we'll take your tweets on X. On X. That you know just is getting is. real crazy. I love Questions, it. comments, I concerns, it. reactions. At Wesley Euler, at the body 52. The body. That is where you will find us if you want to get involved with the show here as we have got some more moving and shaking on the far turf field. I'll let you know what's going on here as practice rolls along. We come back on the other side, final segment, tweets, all that good stuff before we hand it off to Dale and Matt with the drive. Three more hours of live coverage right here at Chuck Knoll Field for day number three of training camp 2023. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNP. <laughs> 
Final segment of the Blitz here on day number three of training camp 2023 from the gorgeous campus of St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes with you for about 15 more minutes here on this program until we hand things off to our guys, Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson. They will have the conclusion of practice, three hours of coverage, special edition of The Drive with Dale and Matt, all part of our 10 hours of live programming right here from the Chuck Knoll Field Press Box Every single day that the Steelers have practice, there will be practice again tomorrow, fourth and final practice of this week. Never miss a Sunday show, folks, all right? So, you know, it's not often you get a practice on Sunday. You never want to miss one of those. Uh, day off on Monday to close down July. And then August 1st, Tuesday, just a couple days away, the pads go on for the first time. Friday night lights next week. Uh, getting closer and closer to the Steelers' first preseason game on August 11th in Tampa Bay. It's all happening. Mostly. It, you know, that's why you laugh at me when I say things like, oh, you got plenty of time because this all happens pretty quickly this time of year, doesn't it? Hey, man, that clock is moving and it's football happening. It's going. Right now. I mean, think about this, right? We got plenty of time, but you got a game in what? 10 days? Uh, 11 days, yeah. Yeah, 11 days? Like, that is fast, man. They just reported they're already two practices. <laughs> we put the on on three. You see what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it is happening fast, fast, man. Yeah. But that's ultimately why, you know, when you talk about the urgency that you have to operate with, that's why we talk about it the way that we do even at OTAs because you really don't have a ton of work time together before it's actually the season and these games actually matter, right. you know. But shout out to the CBA, though. I mean, that is a part of, you know, protecting the players and trying to elongate their careers. But the pros and cons to that are it's a lot more individual responsibility uh, placed on the guys to make sure that they are prepared coming into camp so that way you can hit the ground running. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is. It's a far cry from the uh, the six weeks of training camp, right back in the days of yore that we hear about from our our buddies Wolf and the Rocky Blyers and all those guys all the time when they had to sleep in uh in mattresses made out of hay and rooms that weren't air conditioned and eat hockey puck cheeseburgers for dinner every single night, right? Yeah, a little bit different now. And so you're right. You, you, you heard what Louis said time. yesterday. You heard Louis say yesterday. No air condition, no beds. Horse they had doors mattress. with no. They had doors. They had they had doors with no handles on it. They had to like you know pick up uh -huh. the door and slide it to the side yeah, like it was right. a big stone rock. You know no how no elevators. There, we had man. to carry everything up the stairs yeah, both ways. And now it's back when it was thirty flights there, thirty flights of stairs, man. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is always Wolf, too. Wolf's always like, I swear they made those hamburgers. They made hundreds of them on the first day of camp, and then they just kept them in the refrigerator and heated them up every night. Those things were hockey pucks by the third day. <laughs> yes, a little bit different. Well, the more things change, the more they stay the same in some ways, and those guys uh, always love to remind us how much more difficult it was back in the uh, back in the day. That is a blessing or a curse, though. All in the name of uh, of health here and, and, and CBA, as, as Motsi mentioned there, uh, but also maybe creates a little more sense of urgency as well, too, when you've only got so many practices, um, when you've got 90 uh, guys out here that's that's got to be cut down and, and just uh, just a handful of uh, opportunities to uh, to prove your worth, to earn your spot, all those different kind of things. Motsi, the uh, offense and the defense are still over on the, uh, the turf field, the UPMC field on the far side of things here. Looks like 
Uh, the offensive linemen are working on some footwork, it looks like, maybe some outside zone footwork. Uh, quarterbacks and running backs working on their exchanges there as well, too. So that's what we got going on on the offensive side of things. Defense is all separated by position. Uh, linebackers are down on the far side working on some drills. Defensive backs working on some footwork and some communication as well. Uh, defensive linemen uh, getting some instruction now. It looks like they're getting ready to do something new. So it's all happening here, Motsi, but they are still over on that far side of the field as Najee Harris getting some work now in the uh, in the running back. Nosh. Let's go. Nosh. So there's a little uh, little picture painted for you. Like I said, they did uh, they did walk all the VIPs over here to the near side field. So I think we'll be getting some action here close uh, up close and personal soon. Obviously, Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson, like I said, will take you through uh, the conclusion of practice. So we'll have much more going on here. But right now, still uh, still over on the far side of field. Uh, offense working in groups. Defense working with their positions. And uh, looks like we're getting ready for uh, for another change here. So I'll see if they end up. Nope, just the offense, just flipping sides of the field, still working on uh, on some of those zone exchanges and zone reads. The offensive line and the quarterbacks and the wide receivers there. Joey Porter Jr. getting some instruction from Taylor Terrell Austin right now on the far side of the field as well. Arthur Motes, it's a good thing I brought my glasses today, baby. There we ya. go. There <laughs> we go. Oh, let's see here, Motsi. I wanted to get to uh, the tweets here. You guys obviously know we'll take your tweets every single day at the end of the show like we do. Questions, comments, concerns, reaction. Steelers guy tweets us wondering what's going on with Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Motsi, he missed the first two. You know, this is this is good to clarify, too, because we've mentioned, you know, other than the uh, – the guys who exited practice yesterday due to heat concerns, right, which were Deontay Johnson, Cam Hayward, and uh, DeMarvin Leal, I believe, were the three. Uh, we've said that, you know, there's been a clean bill of health, and that's true to an extent, right, in terms of injuries happening throughout the course of practice is, uh, is maybe the better way to describe that. But, yes, Minka uh, did not practice the first two days of camp with, according to uh, to Mark Caballi of The Athletic, an undisclosed injury, uh, still waiting as of now, but again, far side of the field, my bad eyes considered. Uh, I, do, <laughs> I do not see Minka, to let Steelers guy know, I do not see Minka out there for day number three. Again, Motsi, not a ton of information available on that, but if you've got something that's maybe potentially lingering or could be a cause for concern, this is the time, right? At least still, uh, maybe for a few more days here to approach with caution, particularly with a guy like Minka, that you're not worried about his preparation and him you know, being ready to go when, when things really get going. Oh, 100%, man. You would much rather err on the side of caution with Minka when you're talking about July football. <laughs> you know, if this is December, January, February, totally different conversation. But for right now, yeah, there is no rush to get him back on the field right now if he's not completely, you know, where he needs to be from a health standpoint. But hopefully it's nothing significant. Um, yeah, you said kaboom, said that everything was yep. good, right? It, it, nothing, you know, more than that. So, yeah. But so I don't will. like the fact that he's – but but it did work out last year. Because if I remember last hey, year, he started out training camp in a similar was, fashion. And we I saw that in before. I was going to say, yeah, there were some concerns about his health this time last year. 
obviously yeah. ended up just fine for him, particularly week one where the Steelers do not win that game against the Bengals if it's not for Minka Fitzpatrick's uh, just yeah. Herculean efforts of a pick six, of a blocked extra point, of all those game-changing moments that he had in week one. I mean, not to mention, he he, he gave up an appendix midseason. It was like, yeah, I was trying to play that week. He did give up an appendix midseason. Uh, yes. So Minko, one of those guys, hey, listen, you want everybody present and accounted for, but if there's somebody who's going to have to miss a few days out of caution, Minka certainly one of those guys that you feel confident in his ability to stay ready so he doesn't have to get ready, as we always say out here. Motsi, I did want to uh, – Circle back real quick. I mentioned Joey Porter there a couple minutes ago was getting some private instruction from Terrell Austin down in one of the end zones. Joey Porter Jr., of course. Uh, kind of one of the big stories of yesterday's practice was him and George Pickens really just having some great battles throughout the day. Um, those two chomping at the bit, going at each other in individual and in team drills. There was some physicality between those two. George Pickens even yanking Joey Porter Jr.'s chain off of his neck at one point, Motsi. Uh, talk to the people about that because I think a People, a lot of people see that, right? They see the headlines, physicality between Pickens and Joey Porter Jr., chain yanked away by George Pickens, and they think, oh, wow, man, things might have gotten a little bit ugly, but that's what you want, right? The rookie and the sophomore guy going at it, that ironing, sharpening iron, and then both of them afterwards talking about how, yeah, it's all good-natured. It's all in the name of competition. That's how we push each other. That's the intensity that we want out here in Latrobe. No, you're absolutely right. It's just media is messy. And even the way that you even worded it is messy. Him yanking his chain. You see what I'm saying? He didn't ask for it politely. No, 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 no. But but what I'm saying is this, though. Like, we laugh about it. And it is funny. But if those two dudes don't have that type of relationship and that was the headline that they saw. Sure. It's a different context. Now we're talking to Keith Tlaib and and Crabtree, which is not. Something Which that we laugh not about, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that's my only thing. Like internally, I mean, them dudes doing what they're supposed to do. They're competing. They're both alphas at their position in terms of how they view themselves. And they're gonna get better at it. And that's how it's supposed to be. I mean, there's ways that we could critique it and coach it up. And sure. that's the other part of it because we know what is popular online isn't necessarily good in terms of skill with some of the stuff that did circulate from yesterday's practice sure. with those two dudes. But, yeah, as a whole, I mean, them dudes are just getting better. That's what they're supposed to be. But I'm just glad that it's here in Pittsburgh where you got a guy like Coach Tomlin who is able to ultimately drive this ship the way that it's supposed to be to not allow the media <laughs> to take this and make it something that it's not. Because headlines that say, yo, he got his chain tucked, that – that is messy. You know what I mean? It sounds and, and messy. It's not you. You're, it makes it, it's it sound messy. messy. Like it's yeah. not. It's no. It's not it sound. It's messy. Like we know that. Real conflict. Yes. There. Yeah. Right. And now you got two young players that are have to gonna do what every time they practice. The media's gonna ask, is it something for real? For real? Is it personal? What's going right. on here? Right. Hey, Joy Porter Jr., you let him take your chain, snatch your chain. How do you feel about? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yo, why? Like, but that's what media does, and that's the stuff that you kind of got to guard against. But like I said, Coach Tomlin does a great job of that. But that was the only thing that, like I said, just from an outsider looking in on it, it was just like, yeah, don't allow this to be bigger than what it is from a right. media perspective. Don't make a mountain out but of a when you, Yeah, right. but when you make when they make headlines like that, I'm like, that's how stuff gets created. You know, a lot of the drama that starts is through media. You know, that oh man, it was an issue between the guys. No, it wasn't an issue until y'all kept saying it over and over, putting it out there over <laughs> and over. 
and these dudes didn't have that type of foundation already, yeah, now it did become something. So that's the only thing. But other than that, though, I mean, that's what you want. You want two young guys competing to the fullest. And they're not the only guys that are going to be doing that. When you're talking about training camp, we're talking about lives. We're talking about jobs. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about dreams either being realized or dreams being crushed. And not a lot of people get the opportunity to get this close to, you know, a life's work, so to speak. And you get a fair chance to actually compete sure. for your stance on it. Sure. Most of the time, it's like, man, luck of the draw, did I get hired? Luck of the draw, right, did this happen? Right, it's like, right. no, not did here. I get the opportunity. Right. And football, it's like, no, I know exactly who I'm competing against. And I get a chance to come out here and prove that I deserve this spot every single day. So, yeah, it's going to get testy. And it's only going to get more testy when they get the pass on because Coach Thomas, that's the matchup you have to see. You have to see, can George Pickens beat a number one corner? You have to see, Joey Porter Jr., can you be a number one corner? Can you match it with a unicorn? Hey, George Pickens, are you more than just a deep ball merchant? Are you more than just a, I'm going to run into you and get physical to create separation? Or can you actually run routes? You know, those are some of the questions that are going to get answered once them pads come on, man. But this is the beauty of training camp, man. So I love like just the intensity that's coming out of that matchup right there, man. Well, that competition element that you speak of really ramping up now. The players are on the near side field. It's seven shots, Motsi, as Kenny Pickett rolls to the right, looks to the end zone. That one's going to be short of Najee Harris. Good coverage there by the defense. Some controversy on the first rep. Did they count that or not? George Pickens in the back of the end zone, but he bobbled it. Incomplete pass, according to Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson. So 2-0 start, okay. start for your defense here, Arthur Start Motes. fast defense, start fast. You know how we do. Uh, on this edition of Seven Shots. Also, uh, before they got going there, Mike Tomlin grabbing the microphone, Aaron Smith out here, and uh, and him getting some recognition and some love from the Steeler Nation assembled here. So pretty cool. Steelers Hall of Honor up. and Doug D. That's right. Yeah. Here comes the third uh, Seven Shots rep for the ones. Kenny Pickett in the gun. Motions. Jalen Warren joins him in the backfield. Kenny looking left, looking for Deontay. Had him wide open, but blocked at the line of scrimmage. Alex Highsmith getting Let's a go. hand. Cam Hayward, Matt, telling me getting a hand on that one. So Motsi, uh, the ones for the defense are off with a perfect three and O day here in seven you love shots. Love to see it. You love to <laughs> uh, see it, baby. Gentry coming in for Fryermuth, but other than that, it looks like the offense is staying. Mike Tomlin gonna make these guys uh, earn. Got to get it. Get him a feel good yeah, rep. You, you know how it goes. You got to go out good on a high note for the offense here. Certainly, Najee Harris. M- m- remember how, how with what, what, seven shots turned into nine shots yesterday? You said right. It did turn into nine. You know how that goes, yesterday. man. Come on, That's baby. Right. Yeah, Najee. Yeah, you need eleven. Y- you want eleven right. shots now? Turn into eleven shots. That'd be nice. Allen Robinson in motion as well, too. Kenny going to look his way, looking right, scanning, now rolling to the right, back of the end zone for Gentry, and he makes a combat catch. Nice grab there by there Zach Gentry to there get the offense go. on the board. Good coverage by the defense, but Gentry, Gentry just able to outmuscle that one, Motsi. Hey, as long as they got a good rep in, that's all that matters, man. All right. They needed one to get more. them a good rep. You know how it is, man. You know one how it is. One more here. Mitch Trubisky in for the offense. Fryermuth checking back in. First team defense uh, out on the sideline now as well, too. Let's do one more seven shots rep here before defense. we turn things over to Dale and Matt. Mitch defense. in the shotgun with Anthony McFarlane lined up to his right. Trips to the left. Fryermuth 
To his right is the lone tight end. No, sorry, Connor Hayward's out there as well, too. He's in motion. They go to Connor. And was he able to pick that one off the grass? He was. Nice hands there to get down low. Connor, let's go. By Connor Hayward as the offense is fighting back a little bit. All right, we got to get out of the way here so we can get to Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson. More practice coverage, three-hour special edition of the drive. So make sure you're not going anywhere as those two will paint the picture of the rest of practice for you. Uh, Thanks to everybody who helped with our Hall of Honor stuff today. Justin back at the ranch producing the whole thing as always. And a thank you to the best co-host in the business, Arthur Nathan Motes III. Who, me? Take care, everybody. Enjoy the rest of practice, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. As always, you know where to find us. It's on your 24-7, home of the black and gold.